Well, praise the Lord. Great to see you this morning. Amen. Haven't you been blessed already? Praise the Lord. I tell you, uh, now that's the choir without ever practicing. Woo, when they start practicing, look out, hold on to your seatbelts. Somebody hold my mule because I'm going to shout when that happens. Matthew chapter 7 is where we are this morning. Matthew chapter 7. I always uh, am not looking forward to preaching the Sunday after the Bible conference. If you missed the Bible conference, let me just tell you, you missed a, a tremendous, tremendous blessing. Wow. Uh, and you've got an opportunity to get it. You can get those CDs, and uh, 15 bucks buys the whole thing. It'd be a whole lot easier just to hear the CDs than it would be to come to the services. But uh, thank you for those who came to the services, amen, because uh, they were tremendous. What a blessing. What a blessing. Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word, Matthew 7, 24, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Father, we ask you this morning, let your Holy Spirit continue to have control of everything that's said and done in this place. God, there's no room for anybody except you we want you to have your way. May your Holy Spirit speak to hearts. May we not only be hearers of the word, but help us to be doers also. And Lord, we'll leave this place, Lord, excited and thrilled and knowing we've met with you. You've been thrilled. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I had a staff member one time, not in this church, that just could not stand stupid people. Uh, my wife told me, don't, don't call this guy. And I like, you know, I went ahead and we called him anyway. And after, a, after a long while of not things working out, I called him in and I said, we've got some problems. And he said, we sure do. And I said, I want you to note the biggest problem we've got. And I handed a mirror and I said, look into this. This is our biggest problem. And uh, dumb as a sack of rocks. But I'll tell you, now, the word stupid, Jesus does not use here. But some of your translations probably say that. It is stupid. Your translation may say blockhead. That's another thing. Jesus calls them foolish. Uh, I'm not making this up. There, there are those who build their houses upon the rock who are wise. And then there are those who build their houses on the sand who are foolish. Now, remember, we're talking about the Beatitudes. We're talking about the Sermon on the Mount. We realize that Jesus doesn't have an oval office here on earth. We realize he doesn't have a palace here on earth. But he does have a spot in our heart, amen? He ought to. There ought to be a place where he's King of kings and Lord of lords inside of our heart. 
whether it's physical or not. And so he says, therefore. Now, of course, whenever therefore is there, you always ask, why is the therefore therefore, all right? Now, the reason it's therefore is because he's talked about all of these ways of kingdom living to get us to be the kind of people we need to be to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not talking about just building houses here. He's talking about building human beings. He's talking about building spiritual people. So therefore, he says. Now, let me just give you four simple, simple things this morning. Number one, I want you to understand everybody in this room this morning is a builder. You're building. Everybody's building. These men were pretty much alike. They, they both wanted houses. They both built houses. They both watched as the house they had built was attacked by vicious storms. One watched in horror as the house he built was wiped out. Another watched in satisfaction as the wind came and the raging flood waters came, but it weathered the storm and came through it standing tall. He looked at these men and proclaimed one a fool, but the other he called wise. Every person in this place today is a builder. The question is, what kind of builder are you? Are you a foolish builder? Are you a wise builder? These homes were probably made from the same materials. They uh, were attacked by the same storms. We heard this week a st uh, statistic that 5% of the things that happen to us create problems and all, and 95% of how we react to them create problems. So it's not necessarily, I want to tell you something, it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. It's going to happen both. It's not that we're going to get stormed. All of us are going to get stormed. But how we react to that storm is going to be the difference in our life. There are storms of sickness. Sickness knocks on the door. And we don't know who it's coming to next. It can be someone who's 20. It can be someone who's 3. It can be someone who's 90. But the storms of sickness are going to come. The storms of sin are going to come. The storms of temptation are going to come. All of them are going to attack the house that we're building. The greatest storm, though, that our houses face is God's wrath. Because there's some storm, some room, some houses in this room that are going to weather the storm of God's wrath. And some not going to weather it. Some not going to weather it. Some are going to be called wise, some are going to be called fools. The quality of the foundation upon which the house stands makes a difference. Now listen, hear this and then you can go back to sleep for a little while. I'll wake you up a little later on. How you start always determines how you end. How you start determines how you end. I mean, Come on, guys. We know that it would be best to build the foundation on the rock. Doesn't that make sense? So why don't everybody build it on the rock? Because building on the rock's tough. Building on the rock's hard. You got to dig down. You got to get rid of some things in your life in order to build on the rock. If your life is built upon the sands of this world, your religious experience, some folk, all they've got is what they did in a Baptist church. Maybe it's your family connection. My grandfather was a preacher. Maybe it's your good works or any other thing you want to name. If you're being built on that rather than on the rock of Jesus Christ, 
your house is going to fall. It's going to fall. And here's the, here's the deal. The foundation's there. And the bigger house you build, the bigger the fall is going to be. You can build a three-story. I never. <laughs> you can build as big a house as you want to. But the bigger that house is, the bigger that fall is going to be. Every one of us in this place this morning are builders. Uh, if you look beyond yourself and placed your life on the foundation upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to stand the storms of life. Every one of us are building. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That foundation has got to be Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now listen, folks, this morning we need to remember that it's not about what we do. It's about what he did. And in John 19, 30, stretched out on that cross, he said these words, it is finished. He wasn't talking about his life because it wasn't over. He rose again. He's not talking about the cares of this world because they're still here. He's talking about God's perfect plan of salvation. It's finished. And then he gave up the ghost. It's not based upon what we do. It's based upon what he has already done. Every one of us in this place this morning are builders. We're builders. The second thing I just want you to note, though, is all builders have a choice of foundations. We got a choice. Bible conference, uh, man, what it started out with tremendous blessing. And, and then Sunday night, we got options. If you were here Tuesday night, Brother Herman preached on the choices that we've got. We've got a choice that we can stay right where we are. We Look around. Don't this look good? I mean, why wouldn't we just stay right where we are? And there's a lot of folk in this place, more than what you'd probably think, that would like to say, let's go back where we were. I tell you, these big crowds, they make me nervous. And I want to tell you, there's some of us in this place that said, let's go on. Let's move on. You see, we've got a choice of foundations. The wise person is the person who builds his house on the rock. That's obvious from this parable here. It's about a wise builder and a foolish builder. And uh, if I'm going to build a house, I've got to choose what kind of foundation I'm going to build on. I, I can build on a rock foundation. I can build on a sand foundation. Some of you have probably known somebody, or maybe it's even happened to you in your life, where you had a house and the foundation uh, kind of shifted and crumbled, you know. And I never will forget, we were, I really wanted to buy a house years ago and it was a nice house but it was cheap I thought wow you know th this is God's will for me to buy this house because it's such a nice house and it's so cheap we walked in the front door and I understood why it was cheap because the slab dropped about three inches you know and, and there were cracks in the wall And now I'm going to tell you something you can call Nolan Ryan and you can have that foundation fixed <laughs> amen He'll, he'll bring his crew out and he'll fix your foundation. But you'll always have trouble selling that house because it had foundation problems.
See, you can put a little plaster on it and you can fix it up. You can think, hey, it's going to be all right. But you're always going to have problems because the foundation is important. It's very important. Uh, I want to build on a rock. What, 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 is, what about people who are wise? Let me give you a couple of things here, and, and we won't linger long. I don't have long here, but just remember that the foolish people is opposite of what the present uh, what I'm preaching here this morning, okay? I don't have time to hit both of them, so let me just hit the positive. Uh, a wise man constructs his life on the Lord Jesus Christ and on the Word of God. I, I want to tell you something this morning. The word wise here in verse 24 is from the Greek word phronimos, which means sensible, wise, insightful, intelligent, thoughtful. A wise man will build his life on the Lord Jesus Christ and on the Word of God. It's sensible. It's, it's prudent. It's the most positive thing you can do. James 1, 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that given to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Proverbs 2, 6, The Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. I could quote scripture after scripture after scripture. I want to tell you, though, the wise man will construct his life on the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, number one. There is no other way. There'll be people who are telling you there's other ways. There is no other word but the Word of God. This church believes in the inerrant, infallible Word of God. And we're not going to change. We're not going to back up. We're not going to compromise. I don't care what the college professors say who are educated beyond their common sense. You say all you want to. I'm telling you this Word is true without error, without error. And if you want to be wise this morning, you'll stand on the Word of God. You say, well, I go to a Baptist school and they don't teach that. Well, God bless them. I'm just telling you the Word of God is true. A wise man stands up. Let me ask you something. What would happen if every Sunday night after church you took a little three-by-five card and you wrote just one scripture on it, just one, and you made enough copies for all of your family. And you say, now, kids, I want you to put them in your shirt pocket. And every time you sit down for a moment, you pull that card out. Do you think after a week's time you might could remember that scripture? Now, don't you answer no because you're lying if you do. I'm telling you the reason we don't know more scripture is because we're not putting more scripture into ourselves. We've got a wise man will build on the word of God. And I want to tell you, in these days ahead of us, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but they're doom and gloom. And what we have hidden in our heart is what we're going to have because they're going to take our Bibles away from us. Sooner or later, they're going to take, I got my 30-30. You have all the 30-30s you want to. They got drones that can blow your front door open. Your 30-30 ain't no match for what we're up against. I'm telling you, what we need to do is hide the Word of God in our heart. A wise man is built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other salvation except through Jesus. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. You don't have to believe that. See, this guy here didn't believe it either. He had a choice. He had a choice. He constructs his life on the Lord Jesus Christ and on the Word of God. Second thing, a wise person uh, commits to what he hears from the Lord. 
You know the difference between these two people? Both of them heard, but only one of them put it to practice. Only one of them. Eric Weimayer is blind. May the 25th, 2001, he reached the peak of Mount Everest. He had a degenerative eye disease, blinded from the year of 13 years old on. He was blinded. He did not let that stop him. A mountain where 90% of the climbers never make it to the top. A mountain since 1953 where 165 people have died trying to reach the top. But Eric succeeded. He listened to a little bell that was tied to the back of the climber in front of him so he'd know what direction to go. He listened to the voice of teammates who would shout back, death fall two feet to your right, so he'd know what direction not to go. He listened to the sound of his pick jabbing the ice so he'd know whether it was safe. Boy, I want to tell you, when we're taking a journey through life, it would do us good to listen, but not just listen, but actually do what we're hearing. That's the difference. It's not just listening. Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Jeremiah 15.16, Thy words were found, I did eat them. Thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Well, we could sit here and go through more scriptures and more scriptures. He will hear the word of God, and he will do the word of God. A lot of folk hearing, a lot of folk hearing, but not many are doing. And then a wise man is cautious and considers the effects of his choices and actions. This is why it is not good that your pastor be president of the United States. I would have made some wrong choices this week. We would be in all-out war by now. I can promise you. Uh, but a wise man will restrain himself. He considers the effects of his decisions. I was reading about a pastor in Birmingham, Alabama, Brother James Bryan. And throughout the city, he was known as Brother, Brother Bryan. Everywhere, he just, he just wanted to minister to people. He just gave to people. It was not uncommon at all for him to come home many times without a coat because he'd given it away to somebody who needed one. He, one day he was riding his horse and buggy through the countryside and he saw a farmer standing there dejectedly looking down. It was plowing season and his horse lay dead in front of him. And Brother Brian unhooked his horse and gave it to the man and then walked home. When they did a biography of him and his life, this was the name of the biography, A Sermon in Shoes. Oh, would to God this morning that some of us could do a sermon in shoes, that we would come to the point where we wanted to give and we wanted to help and we wanted to be a blessing. Those are the things that will change people's lives. Well, let me get on to this one here. I didn't like it, but I put it down because it's in here. A wise man knows when to keep his mouth shut at the proper time. Amos 5.13, Therefore the prudent shall keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. Our little tongue has a way of getting us in big trouble. Amen? Boy, it can, oh, it can get us in trouble. 
there's a true story a guy by the name of Steve Tran Westminster California had a roach problem in his apartment and uh, he looked in the direction said set off two of these bug foggers but he wanted to kill them roaches he set off 25 of them 25 and everything was going good until those fumes hit that pilot light on that hot water heater blowed his door off blowed every window out set his furniture on fire it cost ten thousand dollars worth of damage to the apartment complex and they said what in the world he said i wanted to kill him i just wanted to kill them roaches and they said well did it work no by sunday they were still crawling around <laughs> let me tell you something folks the bottom line is our tongue has a capacity to do the same thing to do the same thing boy if we oh my the best thing we can do sometimes is to learn to keep silent proverbs 29 11 says a fool uttereth all his mind but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards i heard many times ago that we don't need to give people a piece of our mind we don't have enough to do that we need to keep it the fool will lose his temper and foam at the mouth with angry words but the wise man keeps himself under control. And then I, I wrote down the wise man considers correction valuable. I, uh, uh, every staff member that we've ever called, there's one big major question, and it really doesn't do a lot with talent. Now, we've got some talent, my soul in sad exile. We've got talent on this church staff. I mean, just that good grief, that little old quartet thing there. Uh, man, I'm, I'm still just amazed at that. I mean, my soul in sad exile. I mean, we got some talent, but that's not the important thing. You know the important thing I look at when looking at a staff member is are they teachable and correctable? You see, there's some folks think they know everything. You say, are there people like that? Most of them in Baptist churches. Most of them standing behind a desk preaching this morning. A lot of folks think they know everything. And then a wise person is not cocky and conceited because people react negatively to all of that. Uh, let me move on. Everybody in this place is building, but you've got a choice what kind of foundation you're going to build. Are you going to build it on Jesus? Are you going to build it on the solid rock of the Word of God? Because that's what's going to last. You think I'm crazy and this old country preacher is crazy, but I'm just telling you, you get outside this Word of God and you're going to fall. Your house is going to fall and you're going to be destroyed. Everybody's building. All builders have a choice of foundations. Let me give you this third thing. I jotted down. Every foundation is going to be tried. It's going to be tried. Two men, two houses, one founded on a rock, the other built on the sand. Both of them hit by the wind, pelted by the rain, the floods. But the house with a solid foundation remains standing. The other one collapses. I, uh, <laughs> you, you get two people who go into church, amen? They dress similarly. They live in the same neighborhood. They speak the same language. They even carry the same Bible. 
They sing the same hymns. They got the same enthusiasm. But there's a distinct difference between them. One actually hears and puts it into use. One hears and does nothing about it. Mm. There's 11 miles off the coast of Scotland. There's a lighthouse. I love lighthouses. And uh, sits on the North Sea. It was built in 1811, and it's being still used today. It's 115 feet tall. The Bell Rock Lighthouse. The North Sea and the waves cover that rock 20 hours out of the day. So when Robert Stevenson was building that lighthouse and his men, they had four hours a day that they chipped away at the rock and built that lighthouse. And it still continues to be used today. I want to tell you something, folks. You're, it rains on the just and the unjust. Your foundation is going to be tried. We were in Dallas Friday and all the storms and everything. So I had a rewards thing and a free room at La Quinta. So I got us a La Quinta out at by Becky's favorite shopping mall. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, because we wanted to miss all of the stuff that y'all were going through. And we were in the direct path of the tornado that came through Arlington. Becky's in the bathroom, covered up with pillows, wanting to know if I can bring the mattress in there. And I no. <laughs> Listen, I don't care who you are. You, your house is going to have storms. There's going to be different storms. There's storms of sickness and storms of sin, all of those things. It's going to happen to everybody. It's going to happen to all of us. Let me give you the last thing. Everybody in here is a builder. But you've got a choice of your foundation. All foundations are going to be tried. Here's the last thing. Only one foundation is going to stand. Only one. That's what the Word says. Only one. Only one. The one that is built on the rock. The one that is built on, on the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. San Francisco. Uh, now, I've not been in 30 years. I had to talk Becky into going the first time. But it was a beautiful city. I wanted to see the Golden Gate Bridge. Boy, just this, whew, it's the most awesome thing in this world. I, I mean, not this world, but I'm just done. It's pretty impressive. Do you know that it sits on top of the San Andreas Fault? Do you know that that Golden Gate Bridge is designed and built to sway 20 feet to the left and 20 feet to the right? 20 feet. Wow. Now that may not impress. I don't want to be on it when it's swaying 20 feet, but it's built to do that. It's built to sway 20 feet both ways, but every concrete beam, every iron beam, every weld, every cable, all of that is hooked up to two giant towers that go down to the rock below the sea. And that's where the, the real pressure is, on those two towers right there, because they're hooked up to the rock. I want to tell you, Many of you and many folk over the years in my life have said, Preacher, we're in a storm, and it's hard. It's hard. 
But somehow, we got through it. You got through it because you were grounded on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. You got through it because you were grounded on the Word of God. The fact is that people whose lives lack a foundation built on the rock of the reality of Jesus, they don't survive. There's no stability. If you build your life around toys and trinkets and selfish pursuits, anything other than Jesus, one of these days, a storm is going to attack you and destroy your life. I promise you, that's based on the Word. So you say, preacher, what do we do? <laughs> I think we ought to do what the old songwriter said. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Have you put your life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ? Is, is he your Lord and Savior in your life today? Is your home built upon the principles of the Word of God and upon the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? No man can come to the Father except by Him. If it's not, the good news this morning, you've got another opportunity to come and make that happen. It's not the Lord's will any perish, but all come to life. That's what His will is. And He's asking you this morning to lay aside everything else. Put away all your toys, all your trinkets, and all of that stuff, and come to Jesus and plant your house, plant your life on the solid rock. Father, we thank you this morning for being the solid rock. Thank you this morning that we have a choice. Oh, Lord, there are some in this place that if they're not careful, they'll walk out of here the same way they came in when all in front of them is a loving Savior with open arms saying, Come unto me. Come unto me. Lord, would you let your will be done in lives this morning? Father, there are some that may need to be saved. There are some that just need to, Lord, come to this altar and just pray. There are others that need to join this church. They need a place where they can be accountable. Lord, would you have your way and your will in every life today? God, we love you. We want you to be honored and glorified in this place. We want to see souls saved, lives touched. I ask you to use us today, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you?